God is the God of the universe. God is the God of everybody. And that is what John was referring to when he said that the one that does not love does not know God. But the confidence that you must have in the word of God from within, that deep assurance, heaven is a state of happiness which comes as a result of living a useful life. The heavenly pursuit is usefulness. The heavenly pursuit is love. The wisdom of God, it is universal. It is universal because it does not belong to a certain set. So we've been talking about suffering and overcoming and all that. Okay. And I believe that some of these discussions, you are able to put them in proper perspective when you appreciate what it is that the Lord is doing. Otherwise, you feel like, oh, you say we must suffer. Please, that's something we all understand what suffering is. You understand that? So that you don't say, oh, suffering means that like, or somebody insults you that you are suffering. No. Or you don't have money. You don't have a job. Then you are suffering. No. Now you know what the suffering is. So if you look at the fact that you have to suffer in order to become what the Lord wants you to become, okay? The reality is that because of the nature of this kind of suffering, you need an incentive. You need an incentive. You see, it's like that gentleman that is ready to pass through the rain to get to the beloved. There's an incentive at the end, right? It's the incentive that makes you want to be at the other side. See, the rain is separating the two. It's the incentive. That makes you want to be at the other side. Like maybe if your friend called you, like, who is your friend that when they call you, do at other two? So it's other two calls you, come visit me at Fumesia. Do you see? And it's raining. No, even with the car, no. You say when it's raining, it's a bit distant. The visibility is not so good. and. It's dangerous to drive, especially when you are using the Wedi Junction to Wedi Place. It's not so. And several cars have gone off the road before. You see, but when there is an incentive, there's nothing like visibility. You'll be looking. <laughs> have you driven in rain when there's no visibility before? You are looking into the thing and you are moving. And you are believing God that God will take you safely. So when the lady says, all this, your faith comes in, that God will take you safely. But when there is no incentive, that's the thing with excuses. When people give excuses, at times when I deal with people and they give some kind of excuse, I walk away. Because the problem is not the excuse and how funny the excuse is. The problem is that there is something greater. You have no incentive. You get it? And the thing about incentive is that as you are telling me and I see that that is your problem, I can't put an incentive into your heart. You get it? That's why I walk away. I leave you alone because you need time and you need certain experiences and a certain level of understanding to build incentive into your heart. 
So why didn't you come to church? Um, when I woke up, um, I was a bit tired. I didn't sleep early. Do you get it? Why didn't you come to church? I didn't sleep early. Do you see? It's true you didn't sleep early, right? So when you woke up, you were tired. And so you couldn't come to church. That's true. But there's something, I mean, when you tell me, I say, okay. The other side, because what can we do about this? You say, ah, is it sleep? Why didn't you sleep? It's like, you see, elders and leaders, you have to learn from this, you see, and pastors. Some things you don't talk. Because there's a problem. Do you get it? And the problem is incentive. Because when you were trying to stay awake, and you knew that there was church. Do you see? That is when you stop staying awake and then you sleep, right? Yeah. So if you are able to continue to 3 a.m., 4 a.m., and you wake up at 9, 9, 30, and you see that it's too late, you can't come. Um, it's true that when you woke up, it was too late. Do you get it? But like somebody says, ah, when I woke up, I wasn't feeling so well, right? So, Jay, how if you're not feeling something, change that you should come. When you talk like that, you look like, you see, when they set a trap for you, don't enter. Pastor, leader, you see, if you enter the trap, you are an unreasonable person. Do you see? So, you just have to keep going because with a certain level of understanding, you will take a step. Do you see? But without that understanding, you will not. So, the assumption is that the person doesn't understand things in the way you understand it. And when it comes to people, not appreciating things in the way you do. It means that they lack the capacity you have. And because of that, you should not push them looking at your own capacity. Do you understand that? You have to appreciate that, no, okay, they lack that capacity to take such a step. So you see, maybe you, if you come to whilst you are sick and you collapse and die, you think of yourself as a mad time. Do you understand that? Yeah, but they, they'll say, ah, look. Look, before they die, they look at your face and say, see, see what you have made happen to me. You have put me in trouble. So you have to leave them alone. They need, they need to go through a bit more training in order to develop that capacity. It's like those that lie to you. When you lie to me, I'm not interested in letting you know that I know you have lied to me. Do you see? Because that thing, I don't know what it will do. If I have caught you, this I'm curious as to why you think that is the way to go. Please understand that. Yeah, why you think that is the way to go? If that one can be looked at, so then at times the conclusion that you are unspiritual. Being unspiritual to at times we have to give you time because we can't force things down your throat. So as you're exposed to spiritual things gradually, you begin to appreciate certain things and you stop lying. So some of them you have to wait for them. You have to just go and sit somewhere and wait for them. Amen. And it's the same with incentive. When someone does not have incentive, when someone does not have motivation, you have to be careful because it's not always that when you talk plenty, the motivation will come. And many other times, you, you end up sounding like a broken record. What you are telling them, they know. They already know. Hallelujah. So you calm down for people. So incentive, when there is the incentive, you are willing to take certain steps. When there is no incentive or 
the way that the incentive is painted, like the way it is described, you don't see it like that. Have you gone to buy food and it was because of the recommendation of another person? So maybe I buy food and say, this is the best food I've eaten. They say, hey, wow. And the way I said, you measure it, right? And then you bring it to yourself. Hey, this person is saying it this way. Wow, then it will be. So you already know the taste before you taste it. <laughs> right? You know that the taste. <laughs> then with that elevated, maybe if you had not even known and then you bought the food, you could have eaten it, right? But now that you have elevated your expectation, you go buy the food and the food tastes like water. Busy. So there's a problem. The problem is that the way you saw it is different from the way the one you have now told to go and buy also is seeing it. There's a difference. And at times when we are describing to you important things, the problem also is that there's a difference between our appreciation of things, okay, and the people that we are speaking to. So we are describing to you important things that we are willing to give our lives for, but you listening may feel like, yeah, it's that important, but it is not, do you see? Because that's why you yourself as a person, you have to be comfortable with your life and the way the things that you have come to know in God and how you live your life. You have to be comfortable. Otherwise, somebody's lack of appreciation of what drives you and what moves you can pour cold water on your efforts. It can make you give up on your intensity in terms of how you are approaching certain things. It can make you give up because the person does not see things the way that you see it, especially those of us that are interested in what people think about us. See? So, that difference is also there, where something important is being described, but you don't think it is important. Hallelujah. I told you on Thursday how I was talking to some people, and I, I explained to them that the reason why they should be in church is because of the work of God. And I explained to them, it's not because they should come and join a group in church, but that God is building his church. And anybody that understands things in a certain way, right? will have to join the ranks because we are duty-bound. So the person will have to join the ranks. And I realized that they did not really appreciate it in the way that I was saying. You understand that? And that's my point. It's because maybe some things need to happen before that appreciation can take place. Maybe certain levels of understanding need to happen before some things can be appreciated. For instance, some of you, maybe when you came here fresh, there were certain things that we spoke about that you did not see. Do you see? It wasn't, ah, yeah. It's like, maybe you may feel like um, we are doing too much. Hallelujah. Like, some people feel like we concentrate too much on turning away from evils. How many of you felt that when you came to church fresh? Put up your hand. Okay. So, Makla, Makla felt that way. You see? So, if you deal with somebody like this, you may feel like, then, hey, you must get her to change her mind immediately, right? So that then she will appreciate what you are doing. But that thing, it will not happen immediately. There's a reason why she felt that way. And it is not just an information she needs. Many things, including information, will have to come her way before 
she can now appreciate what it is that is being spoken about. One of the key things that will make you change your mind about something like this is when God opens your eyes to see your own heart. Do you see? Have you changed your mind or is it still the same? You've changed your mind. Okay. So one of the things that may happen is when God opens your eyes to see your own heart and you are bold enough to look. You see, at times, God comes to us to let us see what goes on in our own heart. But when he comes that way, we quickly shut him down by believing what we think of ourselves or what others think of us. Then God goes for a while. Okay, or that experience goes down. Then at another time, God will try to come again. They will shut him down. But if you are bold enough to look into your own heart when God is on your case, you will understand why your major problem is evil. Your major, your major what is man's problem apart from evil? The evil, not the evil in another man's heart, the evil in your own heart. What else is your problem? That is your problem. Do you understand that? So the moment you begin to appreciate some things, then your eyes open and you understand that, ah, okay, then this emphasis is, it was actually important. So imagine I also changed this emphasis because of your lack of interest. Do you understand that? And your lack of appreciation of why it should be spoken about. Then, as you have changed your mind now, it will not happen because I've given up on that. Do you understand that? But I needed to know that what I'm telling you is the truth. And I'm not changing it, even if it takes you 100 years to appreciate it. I'm not changing it. And I'm comfortable walking in front of you and you thinking that, ah, this guy is somewhere. Do you understand? Especially when I know I'm not somewhere. It's enough. Who else should be convinced? Am I not the only one to be convinced? If I know I'm not somewhere, it's fine. You understand that? But that difference can happen. That difference can happen. And because of that, even as we are here, we, we cannot assume that as we speak of suffering, all of us quickly have come to the same place. Hallelujah. Maybe some of you are now realizing that suffering is, is important, but that's as far as it goes. Amen. Some of you, maybe you were trying to fight already. So as this knowledge came, you're able to put it in proper perspective. And you know, how far you've come on your spiritual journey will determine how you understand every truth that is preached to you. How far you've come. You see, so that's why at times you should not be quick to assume that you understand something when you have understood it today. Like if you have understood something today, be happy you understand. But open your mind for a deeper understanding in the future because when you grow a bit more, you will understand better. Hallelujah. At every stage in our lives, we believe we know what's up. So we grow a bit more and we see that what we thought we knew, it wasn't the whole thing, right? Yeah, so you have to leave that room for yourself. Hallelujah. So if you are here and you find that, okay, maybe the passion with which certain things are being described you are unable to match that passion. You know it's true, okay? But knowing that it's true or is the case, it's not necessarily what we are looking for. It is to actually agree with it in your heart so that you can relate with that truth. It shouldn't be a truth that is far away from you. I give you this example where a teacher teaches you on the board. Everything that is put on the board, you know now because you've seen it. They've done an equation. They've broken down the equation. Prove, right? You've proved the equation and then it's there. 
You get it. But that's different from understanding it. Do you see? Understanding it means that you can relate with this information in a way that is beyond you just seeing it. So there's a knowing that is afar off. You know something as though like someone is standing outside of you. And there's a knowing that is like you, the way you know your person. You understand? This knowledge that has been taught, it can become a knowing that is like the way you know your person. That is when you understand it. Please, you understand that? Yeah, so at times, some things can be taught. You know it, but it's afar off. Okay, but the way you should know it is that it should become part of your person, where you love it to be so. We've learned this. Okay. Now, if you don't take care, you may fall into the trap of the enemy attacking you. Listen to this too about the enemy. The enemy will attack you if there's the chance. Janasana. The enemy will attack you if there's a chance to. Any way that the enemy can attack you. For example, the enemy can tell you that do A, right? And encourage you to do it. And when you finish, come and attack you for doing it. Janasana. The enemy doesn't need to be consistent. Hallelujah. There's no need for consistency in anything. The enemy is like a politician. You understand that? Whatever way you twist the thing, or better twist it. It doesn't need to be consistent. If today telling you that God does not love you, right, is what will make him get you and come. So you put pressure on your heart that God does not love you, God does not love you, God does not love you. Then you feel dejected. You feel like Charlie, you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. You can't approach God. And then you'll be off the grade for some time. And then you'll finish you. And then God will somehow bring you out. And then as you are going, uh, then you also now come and tell that God loves you. Do you see? That same enemy. And it's because this kind of God loves you is different. It's not the proper God loves you. It's a different kind of God loves you where you are in some evil, but you are looking for justification to continue in that evil. So the enemy now comes in and comes in. God loves you. This doesn't matter. God still loves you. And you just... You don't need to stress the other side that. And then when you don't stress and you feel bad afterwards, the enemy will come in again and say, look at what you've done there. That's when the enemy will allow you to remember all the things that um, you have been taught in church. It's like they now all of a sudden come back into your mind and you go, oh, Charlie, oh, 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 but you are done. Then the enemy comes and sits on your case for a while. So that's how the enemy, the enemy will attack you the enemy will even tell you, don't do this. Don't do this. Because it's against the Lord, right? Don't do it. It's against the Meanwhile, it's not against the Lord. It's just because you don't know it's not against the Lord. So some of you, maybe you're even doing something that is not bad, but the enemy has convinced you that it's bad. Do you see? And as the enemy has convinced you that it's bad, the enemy is also on your case condemning you for it. So can you imagine, you have not done anything bad, but the enemy has convinced you that you have done something bad. And it's also condemning you and keeping you down for that thing. So the day your eyes will open, you say, oh, it's like wasted. You, you get, you wasted your time. You, you thought you have done something bad. Meanwhile, you've not done anything bad. And then you also thought God was not happy with you. Meanwhile, that wasn't the case. God, you, you've not done anything bad. And God is never unhappy with anyone. Please understand that. So the enemy is like this, okay? So some of you, the enemy will come to you and tell them, look, this thing, the way these people are passionate about it, you are not of that level. You see, you don't fit into this thing. See how everybody, look at everybody, the way everybody, right, is pushing for God. You don't see what they are doing. You are not 
worthy of this group, right? Meanwhile, the truth is, you do know everybody struggle. As you look at everybody and they are all trying to reach out to God, you have assumed that only you are struggling, right? How could you believe that? It's not even sensible to believe that, right? Because you don't know anybody's heart and nobody has told you their problem. If somebody has not told you their problem, is the assumption that then there is no problem? No. If I have not told you my problem, do you then conclude that I don't have a problem? No. It's either I have a problem or I don't, right? But the enemy makes you conclude that everybody is fine and everybody is marching on and everybody is in their spirit whilst you are the only one left in the flesh. Do you see? So what will you do? You give up. That's the enemy. That's the enemy. Not knowing that you have a lot of mileage to cover. That's one thing that the enemy does not allow you to believe. Do you know how people got to where they are? Do you see? You don't know. Do you know the, the mileage people have covered? You don't know. So as you have gotten to hear about suffering, you try to suffer one, two, and then you feel like you should ascend. Then you have not ascended much. And so he said that this suffering will bring glory, but where is the glory? But you just started. I'm trying to let you see something because of what God is looking for from us. Okay, so this is very important. Otherwise, you give up when you are actually on the right track. Hallelujah. You will run away when you are in the right place. Now, somebody will come to church and will share something and they don't understand. They say this, they feel like then this is a sign that they shouldn't be here. I say, what's wrong with you? You've made the enemy trick you. If they teach something that you don't understand, like maybe if you do a course and then you go for lectures and your lecturer teaches one subject in that course that you didn't understand, it's a sign that you should stop that course. Is there a sign that you should stop that course? No. It's not there a sign that you should pay attention more. Look for someone who understands to teach you, right? Yeah. And then when the person is teaching, you have to check what is with this person. Eh? That makes them understand that me I don't have. Then you will discover that majority of the cases is mileage. They have more mileage than you in that thing. They have spent time on it. They have spent time on discovery. Please understand that. They have spent time on discovery. They spend time on practice, trying to understand the thing. And that is the reason why they understand. Yeah. So the enemy can convince you about many things. I know that in the midst of the presence of God and the spiritual sphere being cast over us, in the midst of all those things, some of us too are sitting here and we are being attacked at that same time. It's not that when you got home, some of you, even in the process of the wonderful things that are happening, the enemy is trying to attack you. Hallelujah. Does it happen? If it has happened to you, put up your hand. Yeah. And you see, it also happens to me. You see, in the midst of the wonderful things that, like, one thing that surprises me at times is some of my message, when I listen to it again, right? When I listen to it again, I say, flowing. The other is that. But that is not how I felt when I was talking. When I, was, I was being bombarded with many things. The other is that. With many things. So I'm pulling through to share with you what I'm sharing with you. Please you understand that. The way I feel, that's how I think it's recorded. You see, it's like the way 
the punctuations are in my heart as I'm talking to you. I thought that's how it would sound like in the message. Like for instance, the first day of the program, suffering. As I was trying to explain to you the suffering. Uh, someone said, hey, the first day was powerful. I said, hey. Yeah, because it's like, it's like trying to pull something from your heart, right? But when you pull, it doesn't pull up because things are fighting you. And even the things that are fighting you, it's difficult to pinpoint exactly what they are. Like you are anxious for no reason. And you say, ah. Then you are trying to push through the anxiety because the anxiety is suppressing you, right? Then you want to push through it. It's not that you are afraid of anybody. You are not afraid of anybody. So why? Then all this is going on, then you are trying to make sense in your communication. You understand that? Then you say something, then you feel, ah, you are flowing, you are flowing. Then just when you think like you are flowing, or no, you stop flowing. It's, ah, why did I start thinking that I'm flowing? Then, you see, so all this is happening whilst the person is talking to you. So you, because you know your heart, you know, right? You know that you too, you suffer when you have to deliver something or share something, right? But because you only saw the outside of me, you thought that, ah, I want to be like pastor. Be careful, right? Because you don't know what is happening inside. Maybe my troubles are even more than your troubles. Just that the difference between myself and you is that I choose not to give up and to push through anyway. Hallelujah. Maybe even you, if you just push through, you'll find that your troubles are not many. Hallelujah. Yeah. And for me, normally, I find that it's the first day of the program that this thing happens to me. The second day, third day, no. But the first day, it's like, ah. And you see, you plan it in different ways, but again, the enemy fights you still. You understand that? What am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you that at times, the enemy is fighting you with an exaggerated picture. Things have just been exaggerated to you. And because of that, instead of really pushing hard to get to where you need to get to, you are rather giving up. You are concluding that you there, you will never be like this, you there, you never be like this, you there, you never be like this. Hallelujah. When you see something mighty being done by somebody, you have two options. Either to be discouraged by it, especially when you see your own life, you see it's not even started. You could either be discouraged by it, or you can be encouraged by it. You see, two things. But when the enemy sets in, you'll be discouraged by it. That's when ideas will pop into your head and you feel like, ah, you are not worthy, you can't do this, you can't do this. No, that's not the case. Hallelujah. Yeah, so for instance, at times we are even praying like people are in the spirits and really they are in the spirit, but you find that you are in the flesh. The only realm you know is the material realm. Hey, do you see? And this, I don't want to say if you, you can identify, put up your hands, it was some way. But, but I don't even think it should be some way. Do you know why? Because we too, when we started and they say, we are going to zoom into the spirits. We, we, we say, what, what like? The other side, do you see? Did, did you just find your way zooming into the spirit? No. You can for a long time, we are hard. It's just some few years that I realized that, no, this guy has broken into the spirit. Do you see? So, yeah, the name, do you know the number of zoomings we zoom? Like, <laughs> like there's a zoom, you zoom, you appear in your house. You zoom, you are by the roadside. You are zooming into the spirit, too. It's the spirit. So, you thought, ah! The better you are eating 
Yeah, you got there and listen. In the Zoom, you know, <laughs> we Zoom pass here, we Zoom pass. We are not seeing anything. At the time we even thought that, hey, is God speaking to us? Then we realize that it's not God. We are just remembering some things. You see? But if we did not do all these Zoomings, you see, this Zooming that we thought is something, but then it's not anything. Then we thought it's something. But if we didn't do all this, right? How will we now know that this one is the right one? So what the enemy is stopping you from doing is to protect yourself, to stay the way you are, to not attempt. Well, you say, let's you look at the way it's being described and see if you can also reach something. Do you understand? If you reach and it's not it, just okay, okay, then I didn't get it right. Let's reach again. Let's, that's what we do. But when the enemy is on your case, you stay the way. And when you stay the way, that way, you remain like that forever, I tell you. Because then you are not ready to venture into something that you are not sure you will get results in. You stay like that forever. Hallelujah. Do you understand that? When I started praying for people, you know, it was, I, I was very afraid when I started doing that some years ago. I was on campus there. I was very afraid. I think third year or so, or fourth year. I was very afraid because, like, what if as you are praying for them, nothing happens, right? Or you are praying for someone who is sick. What if there's no healing? Now, isn't this a common thing that will come into everybody's mind? Yeah, so now we are all the same, right? The same problem. What if, because, I say, we need right? But the reality is that it is not your power you are using. So when you pray and it doesn't work, two things. It's either you have a problem in channeling God's power or the person has a problem in receiving God's power too, right? If it is you, is there any strange thing? Is there a strange thing that a human being is not able to channel God's power well? Or is it a strange thing? No, it's not a strange thing. If you had the power yourself, right? And then you pray that anyway, they will say, oh, you don't have power. But what you are trying to do is to channel God's power. Do you see? So if you can't channel it well, or if you are praying that the headache will go, and when you pray, the headache reduced. Do you understand? But it was still there. Do you understand? It's just a simple understanding that the power of God was not channeled purely. Okay? And so, or, <laughs> Obi, I'm seeing it like, no, that's just the reality because I'm a human being, right? And I'm just trying to channel the power of God. That's all. And it's very difficult to do that. So if I can even channel small for the headache to reduce, Charlie, you understand? We are moving. So do you know what I decided to do? You see how you can pray for the walk away, right? You don't want to know whether it's. Uh, I pray for us, is it gone? Then a person will say, no. Then I'll pray for you again. Is it gone? The one lady, I pray for her. I said, is it gone? She said, it's gone. I said, are you sure? She said, it's gone. Then I said, are you? Except like she was becoming angry with me that. <laughs> then I believed. Do you understand? What is, or that's not faith. No, this is an understanding of all the things that must come together for this result to be achieved. You see, normally we think that faith is to ignore everything and 
hope that the Diabe work. No. I want to be sure because what happened, there are human beings involved. Once there are human beings involved, we, we can't expect that everything will be perfect all the time. Do you understand that? Yeah. So that's what happened. So you are thinking, and Jesus was asking, is it gone? You think that, oh, this guy is bold, all right? Have you done something you know that everything in you doesn't want to do it, right? But you still do it. It has happened, right? Yeah. So I don't want to do it. I don't want to ask you. I just want to vanish, right? But I am also holding myself there and I'm asking you. So I'm not bold. I'm just suffering. That's what you don't want to do. <laughs> Hallelujah. That, that's how it works. That's how it works. So you pray for at all. They say, people lay hands and they fall down. So you also think, oh, then if I pray, what if this is, you lay hands on them and they don't even know what is happening. The other says, let alone receive for them to react to what it is that is being. So you're afraid you meet people like that when you're praying for them. But you learn. You learn that, no, it's not about the person falling, right? It's about the purity of your heart as it goes forth towards the person. The rest is, not, you are not in charge. You can't make the person receive. You understand that? Now, that's in the hands of the person. So you move. My point is that there is so much that we need to appreciate. And I feel like I should take today to mention it to us. Otherwise, we'll share many things with us and we'll assume that because we've shared all these things, everybody is pulling in the same direction. But the enemy is amongst us convincing us that, look, Charlie, forget. Or see, everybody is moving, but you are not moving. And everybody is understanding, but you are not understanding. See, people can see things now, but you are not saying, or your close friend that did not even know much before seems to be picking up certain experiences in the spirit, but you are dry. One day, some years ago, I asked someone, how do you see a vision? Do you see it? How do you see a vision? The first time I, now this is on hindsight, the first time I realized God was trying to show me a vision, I was in the SHS, okay, um, I think Form 3, and that day I prayed for a long time, and I realized that my eyes were shaking, okay? Like they were shaking beyond my doing. It's not like I'm trying. I mean, how do you even make your own eyes shake? I don't know. Or ladies can do that. Right? When they want to spy you. <laughs> so the ladies, I'm sure you understand this one. Hallelujah. All right. So <laughs> my eyes were, it was shaking. And as, as it, my eyes were shaking, I felt like God is trying to show me something, right? But you know what was I was looking through my eyes still to see what God was trying to show me. I don't know if this makes sense. So it's like, see, when you close your eyes, you see darkness, right? Because you are trying to look into your eyes, just that your eyes are covered. That's why you see the darkness. When you close your eyes and you don't look with your eyes, you don't see darkness. How do you not look with your eyes? Imagine something else. Think something else. It's not darkness you see when you close your eyes. So, me, when my eyes were shaking, I was trying to look with my eyes. Do you understand? And then nothing was happening. Now, do you know how long I prayed? I prayed for like two hours. That day I said I would go for prep. So, the whole of prep, before the people came, which was two hours, I prayed. And all this time, as I intensified the prayer, I know, it's like I'm trying to see something, right? And then I'm not also seeing anything. Then I, it's like the prayer cools out. Then I say, no, I, I push again. I'm trying to see something. I'm not saying for two hours. Then when I got to know that that's not how we see a vision. When I was in the university, I think 
fourth year or fifth year. Hmm? What do you think? After that, almost every time that I really got into the prayer, my eyes will shake. You see, I keep telling you that when you have a spiritual experience, don't leave it. Right? My problem is that I left it, or I thought that I knew what I was doing. So it's just my eyes that must open. So this, my physical eye, is what must open for me to see. You see. But if I had inquired, well, maybe somebody would have told me that, look, when it is happening like that, it's a sign of spiritual vision. What is going on is that it's residual effect is what you are feeling in your literal eyes. So you don't focus on the residual effect. You wait to see if something will occur to you. You see, now this thing, I should charge you how much for it? 5,000 cities. The reason I'm saying is that I know I've answered somebody's question. Do you understand that? And you see, now, I started from there, right, trying to look with my eyes. At times, at there was a point I, I was even offended that God, if you are showing me something, just show me. Right? Like, just show me. Then I realized, no, you, something rather will occur to you. Something rather will occur to you. So look at how long it took. So you also, you feel like seeing a vision, right? But you don't know that the vision can, you don't use your eyeballs to look at the vision. It's in the mind. And when you see something, it is something that is occurring to you. So it's like your mind is going this way, you know, within a split second, it is suspended, right? And then something interferes, and then you come back and continue. Now, you think, ah, within that space, how can you receive all things? In spiritual things, a book, a book can be downloaded into your mind within a split second. A book. You know, a book like a book like maybe 500 pages written. All that information can be given to you within a split second. How fast the mind processes things, we have no idea. So it can be given. So you can receive knowledge that when you write down, it can be a whole page within a split second. That is why some of you, your visions, you won't even believe you saw a vision. So, so that is also one of the quests. Because as I went asking, that, how do you see a vision? Then I learned that at times, the vision, you can, you can see, but you, you won't believe it. Because it will flash so quickly that except you hold on to it, you get it, and believe that you have seen something. See, that is also another thing. You know? And believe that you have seen something. You will not believe of course, if you believe you have seen something, then your next step is to cross-check. Do you get it? It's to cross-check, to be sure that what you saw, that is the case. That's all. But you have to believe you have seen something. If you don't, you will not. So maybe, you may even be kind of, I say, but all, at times, it's not, you see, the way we even say see. Some of you, see means picture, right? See means that there's a picture that you saw. Right? But in many cases, C is a knowledge. It's a knowledge that you know. You know something. Please you understand that. Like you know something. You know something. So maybe it can be a statement that comes into your mind. Or it can be a feeling of a knowledge. You see, like if I say you are not well, okay? It's not a thought that came to my mind that you are not well. It's a feeling that you are not well. Please understand that. Just that we interpret our feelings with thoughts. Before, after the thoughts, there is imagination. 
So this is how it goes. There's a feeling, there's a thought, then there's an imagination. So every thought that you have, quickly your mind tries to imagine it. Please understand that. So at times, it's the thought that will be prominent even before an imagination. But because you don't know, you kill the thought before you even go on to imagine. So when we say we've seen, at times we heard it first or we felt the knowledge first before its imagination came. Does that make sense? You see? So now if you don't know these things, then the enemy can be on your case and convince you that nothing is going on with you. Hallelujah. For instance, there are some of you that, even aside all this, this one I'm talking to those that have done enough to actually appreciate certain spiritual things. But with some of us, aside all this, you still can because we are living in evil. See, so it's not that it is not for you to appreciate spiritual things. It is because of the kind of life that you are in. And because of that kind of life, even if we throw you into the air, you will not pick anything spiritual. Like we can send you into space. There's nothing there. So you don't say, oh, you have to be honest with yourself. You find that, no, a life of purity opens the eye. Blessed are the pure in heart. They shall see God, isn't it? Yeah, so then you know, okay, then this is where rather I must start from. This is where I must start from. I must start from working on my purity. Huh? Working on my purity, working on suffering. That's why this message on suffering is very important to me. Because it opens everything up. Everything that you think you must hold on to or take hold of, but seems to be far away from you. The doctrine of suffering is what will open you up to that. Hallelujah. Yeah. So at times it's just suffering that you have to suffer. You see, when a person lives his life carnally or subject himself or herself to the flesh, it is impossible for such a person to lift the mind beyond the flesh. But the reality is that in order to see into the spirit, we must lift our mind beyond the flesh. In order to feel the things that are of the spirit, in order to feel the heart of God, to know what is on the mind of God, to actually know things spiritually, not just materially, know things spiritually. In order to do that, our minds must be lifted, must be allowed to break free from the material. Yeah. But if you live carnally, that's your general life. Your mind cannot break free from the material. So it is like being blind to something that exists or being colorblind. See, if you are colorblind, there's a particular color you can't see. If they put it before you, you see it as something else. Or being ignorant of certain, maybe the electromagnetic waves. Even though they are there and they are in existence, you can't see with your eyes. So you may assume that they don't exist. But it's because you can't see. With a proper instrument, you can see them, right? All right. Now, that's the case when it comes to certain spiritual perception. It's the life that you are in. So a life of righteousness is always a good place to start from. To turn away from evil. That's why we cannot overemphasize turning away from evil. Because if those, that one is not in place, whatever thing that we say, whatever thing we say is possible, whatever thing we say God will do, God cannot do it. Because there's no place in us for God to move. There's no place. But with purity and holiness, God now has a place. And from that place, he can operate in us. Hallelujah. Sometimes that's what your problem is. Your problem is that you are into a certain kind of life that makes you carnal. And that thing, I'm telling you, no matter what you do, that is what will be the case. 
Because in spiritual things, there are gateways, okay, and there are keys. There are some things that you have to do in order to have access to certain spiritual verities. And at the base of all those things is that you must turn away from evil. So without turning away from evil, maybe you would think that you can bypass this gateway and then use another way to access spiritual things. What will happen is that then you make contact with the realm of the spirit because there are other beings other than the angelic beings. There are other people also working. And those people, because you have not gone through the process of suffering to look into the spiritual, your heart agrees with those people. In spiritual navigation, it is not with the understanding that we, we actually navigate. It is with the heart. Okay? If the heart is right, when you look, it is into the things of God you will see. If the heart is wrong, when you look, it is into the things of hell that you see. That's why you make contact with evil spirits and devils and satans and all that. Okay? And it's because of the heart. If your heart is evil, when you reach out into the spirit, you make contact with evil spirits. That's how it is. That's why people make contact with certain spirits, the dwarfs, whatever, and they talk to them and all that. It is because they reached out, but they did not go through the right process, which is suffering or repentance. So at times you think that, okay, you can bypass this method. You can't bypass suffering to look into the spirit. You can't. You may meet something, but what you meet will not be God, and then you'll be deceived. So this suffering thing becomes a crucial thing. So you find that you, you cannot access. The question is what you must suffer what you must repent of. If you can do that, you'll find that you are beginning to make progress. You are beginning to make progress. But without that, you stand at that one place forever. So sometimes you, you find that you can't take hold of certain things because of your life. And it is important to admit it. Because if you know that it is because of your life, then it is not because God has turned away from you and has declared that you are not a worthy child to concentrate his effort on. No. It is rather that you have rebelled against God and because of that, you are blinded to the things that are of God. And we must always make the difference so that when we are there, we will know that this is our choice. It's not that God has neglected us. Some of us are into a certain life, then we find ourselves in a certain special program and we repent in that special program thinking that we'll be able to have the benefit of what the special program holds even as we have repented in the program. No, you, you repent when you are tempted, right? So what you receive in the special program, you receive it in store, and it's small, small experiences that it comes with. But the major experience of it, it will have to be because you are living your life in a certain way. So you don't let the enemy convince you that, oh, then there's no benefit in this for you. There's benefit. Hallelujah. There's benefit. Just that, you must take some steps. And if you don't take those steps, you will not have what God is saying. So, but I'm taking those steps. Now, again, you have to examine the way you are taking those steps. And that's why God is also always teaching us. So that then, with every explanation and every teaching, there is clarity so that we can improve upon how we are dealing with the evils that are with us. We can improve upon it. But it's always like that. If you are blinded, to the thing that our gospel Paul said that if our gospel be hid, then it is hidden from those whom the God of this world 
has blinded their eyes. You see, their eyes have been blinded. Those that, them that are lost, verse 4, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So if a person is blind to spiritual things, then it is the God of this world. Now the God of this world is not like, ah, would you want to open some trap or no? The God of this world has to do with what it is that our own hearts are set on. Hallelujah. What our own hearts are set on. So you can know where you are. Hallelujah. You can know where you are. Some of you are just beginning, right? You are just beginning. Some of you maybe you have even been in church for a long time. But you are now beginning. So initially, but in terms of your spiritual state and cancer, you are now beginning to see that Charlie, you must run your race. Okay. Then it means that you are going to start from a lower place. Please you understand that. Now, having to start from a lower place does not mean that you cannot get to where you need to get to. It just means that this is where you are. You can't skip classes. No, you can't skip class one and go to class five. It's not possible. So you have to go through it. You have to go through it. How many of us have felt that today their God will show himself and there was no show? Yeah. You see me to my hand is up. Did I tell you that you will always be disappointed and yeah. Yeah, I'm always disappointed. Right? But I'm also always satisfied. You see, so it's two things. Let me tell you something. Every special program, maybe you don't know this. Every special program is also my special program. So with the thing that I'm saying with you, there's to a certain level of it that is also my own message for myself. Do you understand that? Uh-huh. So it's also my own special program. So as you are searching for God in the special program, I'm also searching for God in the special program. Do you understand that? And all the time, I find something, right? And I also don't find something. So I'm disappointed and I'm also um, satisfied. I'm disappointed and I'm also satisfied. So we learn to take both disappointment and satisfaction together. Because at human means, we have said that we can exaggerate our expectation. And we can think that somehow, arrogantly, it's always so we don't learn. But it's okay because it's better than not having an expectation at all. It's better to have an expectation that overestimates your ability to have certain spiritual experiences than to say that, hey, I'm cautious, so, so, whatever God will bring, let him bring. If you do that too, you won't have anything, you see. So we reach, and then at least we catch something. But where we thought we reached into there, we should have gotten more, right? But then the message is that, okay, then there's more we need to go and do with our lives. But some of you, then you will come to you maybe after a special program when you feel like, hey, I'm still disappointed in this. I thought I'll get, I got something, but I'm still disappointed. Then you come and tell that all oh, this is a waste of time. Don't elevate your expectations like that again. No. What about the time in between special programs? Well, God has brought you something. You can gain some mileage with your life in between special programs, right? So that maybe the next one that God will come in a special way, you'll be able to gain more, right? Or if you even do it well, you don't even wait for another special program. On your own, you can get some things even before another special program comes. On your own. But you can go, you go to sleep. You go and as of you can get offended for about two weeks. Then you get out of the offense, right? Then because you feel like you, you are going for something. God didn't really, right? God didn't really 
meet you. Today is the day. Like, have you prayed that you feel like Jesus, if in this way, if Jesus doesn't appear before me now, I'll be very shocked. Has that happened to you before? Please, it, the one that has happened. Like, this, we feel like, no, this, we do. And you feel like this one, you have a spiritual, maybe an angel or Jesus to stand before you. If you have seen that, if I find that, right. Did it happen? Yeah. You'll be surprised that you were just at level 0.1. You are at 100 levels. So. But you don't know that. So, overwhelm you. Do you understand that? Yeah, but you are allowed to think, since you don't know level 2, level 3, level 4, you are allowed to think that level 0.1 is the highest. <laughs> so it doesn't deliver what you are looking for. Then you know that they, then we must go further. Even me to have had that before. But do you know a secret with that one too? It is even possible that at that time, as you felt that when the Lord was there, but you were looking with your eyes. If you stopped and you tried to understand something, maybe the Lord would have dropped something into you. You see? So you are looking with your eyes. Physical eyes. So the Lord was there. When you are feeling some vibes, right? I tell when uh, an angel gets close to you, that's when you feel those vibes. Do you see? And if it's the Lord, it's an angel. It's always an angel that will come. But because the angel is a messenger, you see the angel as the Lord. So at times the angel is there. It's just vibes. Just cool down and try to see if you will know something. Hallelujah. Do you understand that? You try to see if you will know something, and you'll be surprised. At times, it's not even for you to know anything. It's just the vibes. It's just the impact that it is making on you. So it's like you've come into the sun. You see the sun is just hitting your face. And in the coming days, it will start unfolding. Do you get it? That's one of the things that you may receive something, an impact on you in your experience with the Lord, and you may not be able to interpret it. But if you pay attention, you see that as the days go by, Certain things are beginning to happen. That makes you able to understand that experience. So back to my point. So it's possible that you zoom into the space and you think you zoom now, but if not. But you make a mistake if you decide, okay, then we've stopped. We've stopped zooming. No. So you must accept the satisfaction and the disappointment all together. Hallelujah. For some of you, when they are praying for you, you don't know what to do. Right? When they are praying, so I mean, when hands are laid on you, hey, you have any your hand? When hands are laid on you, you really want to receive, right? But you don't know what, where, you understand? It is a reality because I used to feel that way. So I'll be standing there. You see, one day we're on our chairman and Sunday, and then the officer said, Some of you, when we pray for you, you don't fall. You think you have anointing, but you don't have anything. You are just trying not to fall. Then I realize yourself is offended, right? <laughs> but but it's also possible the person doesn't even know what is going on. You see, the thing is that the person is focusing even on the hand. But when Sandra so they are normal, it's just making the person feel warm on the head or something. Yes, but the person also lacks knowledge. The person does not know how spiritual things work. So the person is focusing on the feeling, nothing is, is pushing the person. Do you understand? So the person doesn't fall. Isn't that also possible? It's possible. And some of you, that may be your case. And it's because you think that the power is in the hand. You see? You think that the power is in the hand, but that's not the power. You see how when 
you touch electricity, a, a naked wire. You see, and when you touch it, it passes through you. One electricity a kick in that. So you see how it shocks you, and then it passes through you. But before it shocked you, it was there, right? Now, that's what the laying on of hands is. The laying on of hands, you see your feet touching the ground. That's the key, right? That's why the electricity will move. Okay. Now, this laying on of hands, eh, it's like your feet that is touching the ground. Do you see? It allows for the source of the flow is not the hand. The source of the hand is your feet touching the ground. So it's like that closed, that end of the circuit is being closed. Do you get it? So the laying of hands is like the closing of the circuit for the electricity to flow. That's all. Like maybe two wires for light to turn on. If we remove one side, the light will not turn on, right? The laying of hands is just to make sure that that end of the circuit is connected so that the light can turn on. But the source of the power itself is coming from inside you. So that's like when hands are being laid on you, you should not think about the hand. At times, even what is said may not be necessary. Except that maybe at times it will help you to get into the spirit of God. That also helps. Okay, but in many cases, just laying the hands. That's how come at times of your lay hands, I don't say anything to you. Because it's not even necessary to talk. Hallelujah. Yeah. It's not necessary. There, there's something here that will be felt if the person is also taking the thing from inside. There's something, a feeling inside you that the person will also feel. So at times the talking can even be a distraction. Right? If I couldn't be able to focus on the Lord or cancel the candidate, thinking that the power is in your way. But the power still is not in the way. Remember, the word, when you hear it, it's heard with the external ears, right? It's with your senses. But what must flow to you from the Lord, it must be picked up with your spiritual senses. There are times to hear something with your senses can make you pay attention to what is being spoken of in the spirit. So then that's why at times you speak. But times it's not necessary. So all your problem is not that God is not minding you. Your problem is that when even you are being prayed for, you don't know how to relate the other side in order to have the full benefit of being prayed for. That's your problem. But the enemy will step in and tell them, look, don't waste your time on this. Now you, you are one of those special people that you cannot be prayed for. Right? Then you close your mind. No. You keep pushing. You keep trying to say, next time, okay, next time when they are praying for me, some of you, you can do, okay, we will start there by then, everybody falls, okay, then next time when they are praying for me, I will fall. Yeah, so as they tag me, I'll fall. So if, when I pray for you, I don't have the falling you fell. You just fell into yourself. <laughs> you see? So, but we can't say it. We just leave you. Yeah, so at times we just pray for you. At times we pray for you when you are down. So now you can't try to fall because you're already down. You don't read meanings into anything. Because at times you, you pray for something, the person receives, but you are not done. So you keep praying for the person, the person is done. So don't try to see who was praying for me. Hey, when I was praying, didn't pray for Pastor, pray for me when I was down. Does it mean that he thinks uh, I dropped myself? No. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see, we have issues. <laughs> Our issues are plenty. You know, this kind of thing, it's a sign that the devil plays with your mind too much. Like this thing, see how something so I have to still explain. 
before the enemy enters your mind and makes you wonder what is going on for the next one week. It's like our minds are it's like freeway. Any suggestion? Any suggestion? Any suggestion? Hallelujah. Sometimes it's just because you don't know how to even receive. So it's not that God is not minding you. You have to learn how to receive. That's all. So at times, a meeting like this will clarify many things for you, right? And you even think, okay, then it has clarified everything. You don't know that it has clarified the first step. So you go on to the next step. But then you tell them, oh, see, even when it was clarified, nothing changed, right? So stop trying. I made up my mind a long time ago that I will always try. For that one, like, I may not have anything, right? Like, I may not be successful at something, but to try, like, when it comes to, maybe I notice an evil in my heart, right? And I try to overcome it, I say, hey, it has passed there. Then I try to overcome it. I won't say, oh, then you stay, right? No. We go at it, right? We go at it. And one of the things that I, I have learned is that if you go that way, you are likely going to succeed. Because it's like what is called attrition, okay? Like to wear out the enemy till so the enemy's resources are depleted. That's how some battles are. That when the city is besieged, we'll keep you inside that till your food is finished. Right? Then that's all. You are done. Or the one besieging the city also uh, finishes their food and they walk away. Or we'll fight out till somebody gives up. If you know, a lot of the fighting that takes place it's done for hours so. Like, maybe you don't understand how the movie fight goes because a lot of movie fights, it goes quickly. So they kill people. So it's, oh, 10 minutes, the fight was over. No, a lot of fighting can take place for hours. So as part of being skilled in fighting, you must also have endurance. Endurance to fight at a high level for a long time. That's why the soldiers will be trained in that. Not your ability to wield a sword, but your ability to wield a sword for 10 hours. Right? And you are still wielding it. Like David's mighty men. So one of them, the sword got stuck in his hand. Right? That's part of the work too. Continue fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and pushing and pushing and pushing. That is key to getting results spiritually. To never give up. To never say that, oh, you did this, how far you get. You know, you keep trying. If you try and it, that you don't succeed, and you don't get the results you are looking for, you try again. Of course, you have to find out why you did not get that result. And then you improve upon your understanding, you improve upon your method. So next time I'll try it this way. You try it again, it's not working. You try it another way, it's not working. You try it another way. Because the moment we say that we have given up and we will not try again, what then will come after? That's the end, right? That's the end. But the end is already appointed. That's when we die. So we don't choose our end before we die. Hallelujah. So once we are here, we keep fighting. We keep fighting. We rise up and we try again. We rise up and we try again. We rise up and we try again. And see, that's how I can understand you as I do. That's what I'm thinking about life. Anybody that went straight to the top cannot lead people to the top. It's not possible. Because the pathway to the top is not straight. So if you just went straight to the top, like if you inherited your wealth, you can't teach us to be wealthy. You understand that? No. If you started from a low place and now you built your wealth, you can teach us. Because then we know that 
just like everybody, you pass through different, different places in order to get to the top. So at times you think, okay, then why is the road not straight? If the road is not straight because it's never straight for anyone. And one of the things that God uses us for when he brings us up is that he uses us to bring others up also. So I can even understand where you've passed. See, I, I can give you examples that are happening with you yourself, right? It's because we all tread the same road. It's the same road. We all walk on the same path. That is how it works. So you don't say that because, hey, you have to try this and it's not working. It, it helps you to know what doesn't work also. It helps you to know that this one, it doesn't work. So when somebody tries and they meet it, they should move on. When you try this one, you, you're likely going to meet this one here. You're likely going, it's like when you are showing somebody direction. When you get to the junction, take left. Don't take right, you take left. Don't take left. Why? Because right will take you to wherever. You see, that's how we learn how to direct people. So the fact that we have to keep pushing and keep trying and keep pushing and keep trying is part of the journey. To give up means the enemy has won. Hallelujah. To give up means the enemy has won. So for instance, when I deal with people, I examine them based on this. When they have not given up, I know they'll find their way. Sometimes they are even telling me their problem. It's like they will die tomorrow, but I see that there is fire in their hearts to keep going. At times, I don't even add anything. I just say, oh, it will be fine. Why? Because if you don't stop fighting, you will likely win. If you stop fighting, then 100% you will lose. Isn't that the case? If you are sure 100%, if you stop, if you give up now, 100%, you can get your destination. But if you don't give up and you keep pushing, the percentage is high that you get your destination. That's simple logic. Sometimes people that don't give up and they keep pushing, even if you don't tell them the answer, next time you meet them, they found the answer. That's how it is. Even if you don't show them the exact way, next time you meet them, because they, are, they keep pushing, they, if there are 50 ways, they will try each of them, then they will discover that the 49th one is the way. You get it? Because they never stopped. Sometimes don't even be afraid that nobody has called you to show you exactly the way. At times, when you are shown exactly the way, your growth is stunted. It seems that you have raised to the top, but you are not really there. Even those of you who shepherd people, I know you care for them, you want them to know, I think you are in their ears too much. Yes, I'm monitoring everything. I, 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 want, to, I want to eat banku. Should I eat banku with tilapia or banku with fresh uh, uh, red fish? That's how you, you are inside. Micromanagement, right? Look, if you have a shepherd that is micromanaging you, tell the shepherd that, no. You understand? Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you so that if the shepherd's weakness takes over, because the shepherd is also a human being, and likes to micromanage. But the reason we like to micromanage people is that we like to control people. So we don't like to control anybody. No, you like to control people, please. That is the evil in every human being's heart. It's too late. Are you a human being? It's there. <laughs> Yes, that you must overcome. You must overcome it. That's all. Please, you don't behave like you're a special human being. You don't like to control anybody. Please, you like to control. If you get the chance, you control. Amen. Yeah, so your shepherd can fall into a trap of trying to micromanage, which is to control you and to be directly responsible for every success you talk. You see, you see, human beings are like that. It's not necessary that you are directly responsible. It's rather necessary that the success is chopped. 
You see. So at times, if your shepherd falls into this one, then you, the one being shepherded, you must also know that this one will not help you. But at times, you don't like it. You like the pampering and the, hey, you are taking care of it. Like somebody left this church because when he was not well, I called him only twice. Do you see? Hallelujah. What do you think? It's not that only me, I called him from this. No, Pastor Mike was calling him, talking to him. But me, I called him twice. You see, it means that you don't understand what you are doing here. And that's how shepherding can be taken. I know there are churches that do that, right? There are churches that they come and take your, your shirt and even iron it for you. So that you know. If you come here with that mentality, listen, if you come here with that mentality, we know for sure that when we give you 10 years, you will still not become a spiritual person. We meet here because we want God. And we want that to always be clear. If you are here because you don't like God, at least within some few weeks, you should change that mentality. Other than that, you will not... Like some people who have been here, I heard that they said they are not sure whether they, are, they like what you are doing. And I told the pastor, oh no, you should rather encourage them. That if you are not really sure, you can't go. Do you see? Because the more we expose you to such things that we talk about here, when your heart is not set after God, the more you become hardened. So you will misinterpret and read wrong meaning. God, the enemy is already in your head trying to keep you away from God. So your vision is not clear. So you become hardened and hardened and hardened. And one day when you gather enough strength, you run away. That one is difficult to bring you back. But when we let you go, when you don't want to be here, we can monitor you whilst you are away. You understand that? And set a few traps for you. Do you understand that? Then when your heart is open small, we shoot an arrow just before it closes. Then you say, now I'm looking for God. But if you sit here, like some of you, maybe you don't like church, don't come. When I was in Siani and I was preaching, I'm sure you see, you hear it in the message. I spent a long time trying to tell people that if they don't want to be here, should, maybe you think, okay, it's because I don't want you to be here. No. It's because I don't want you to be here when you don't like God. Because that, even God doesn't want you to be here like that. You understand that? God doesn't like that. God doesn't force anybody. And if spiritual things are told you, when you don't like God, it will turn you into something. That's why children, maybe pastor's child, sometimes they are forced to be in church. Something says, but if my child gets to 18, right? They are bad. And they say they don't want to come to church. When I'm coming, I'll leave them in the house. And I'll come to church. Yeah. Or because, no, when you are a child, they will carry you and bring you, right? But when you are grown and now, you must be exercising your free will we leave you. If you say you won't come, you can stay in the house. Am I happy? No. What is the alternative? I should tie you with a rope and then bring you to church. No. So you come and sit here. That's why you force children like that to sit in church and everything, they are judging everything wrongly. They are misunderstanding everything, drawing, because they are already, their heart is against what is going on. And when your heart is against what is going on, you find faults. You are looking for faults everywhere. When they smile, say, hey. When they don't smile, say, hey. When we shout, say, hey. When we don't shout, say, hey. When we say God is good, say, hey. They are saying God is good. When you say God is not, uh, <laughs> Hallelujah. You see? So, if you don't want to be here, don't be here. Honestly, I feel like, yeah, it's better that way. Hallelujah. Yeah, before you are here and then, it's like, you don't like what is being shared. Church is not like that. Some of you think that maybe if you can just bring the person here, 
some magic will happen. Maybe, maybe you know the person, the person doesn't really like it, but if you can just trap the person, and, so you maybe use some things to trap the person to come and sit in church. So some people that are in church, like when I preach, I even look at them, I see. I know that there's a problem. Like when I look, I'll tell you, we need to talk when we say no, there's a problem. You shouldn't have been here. Some of them, I, I close my eyes, we are praying, uh, I open my eyes and they are looking at me. I say, what is your problem with me? <laughs> See, that look that they are looking, it's not like, you say, look, we are so normal, right? But there's, a, you see, so what's your problem? Just leave. Hallelujah. So don't micromanage people and don't be micromanaged by anybody. At times, you have to leave the person. You see? And then they will go, uh, and then they will hit something, right? And then they will learn a lesson. And then they will go again. You see, when we did Metanoia some years ago, Pastor Timmy made a point, I keep repeating it, that genius stifles genius. And that's the thing about shepherding if you don't shepherd people well. You can have somebody that is very good and well advanced, but all the people that the person will raise will not be good enough. And it's because the people were not raised in the same way that this genius person was raised. And it was the genius thought that then all that they need is to know what he knows, right? So just give it to them, give it to them, give it to them. But that's not why. That's not why the person is a genius. The process is what makes a genius to suffer certain things, to try something that won't work, and to go through this and not be sure whether it will work or not, to read a whole book and conclude that it's useless, you read it. Right? That's how research is, right? Those who do research, you just want to plagiarize and move on. You don't learn anything, right? You must read through things, read through things, read through things, read through things. Uh, before. And anybody that does research, that when they do their research, you know. But there's a research, you say, well, just let them pass through, right? Just so that, well, the research that is there is not a research. But you don't have time, let the person go. 50, 55, so you go. And you see, if then it doesn't happen that way, the person may even know everything, only, but the person will not have the substance of it. The spiritual development will not be there. When you are shepherding people, you have to be careful. Don't micromanage them. Leave them. Let them live their lives. Hallelujah. Let them live their lives. Even this, I, I don't know if you understand me, but you, the one shepherding the people, don't live in their vicinity too much. You understand? Don't live in their vicinity too much. Don't live in their vicinity. You see, because when you are there, me, I know how when I'm there, how people behave. I know how it happens. I know, like you people, when I'm there with you, I know how you behave. You are overly cautious. You are. It's almost like. So I like to stay away. Yes, and so that you can be free. And when you are shepherding people, that's the key. Me, if I, if I could spy you from afar without you knowing that I'm there, that's my wish. Like, maybe I can just be looking at you live your life, but you don't know that I'm there. That way you can live your life freely without having to defer anything to me before you do, right? Because what I've taught you is enough. Hallelujah. If the word of God is not enough for you, me, my presence, what is it for? Then that's when you begin to fake and you, you become a hypocrite. Because, hey, Pastor is there. You are coming to do something. You want to know what I think, right? Uh, you, you look at my face. Maybe my mind is even somewhere, so my face is straight. Straight face, Pastor, straight face. What do I do? No. Am, am I not allowed for my mind to be somewhere? 
Do you understand? So at times you just have to let the person be. If you rather have a chance to maybe spy the person from afar, maybe you take that chance. But it's difficult. You might mean you know you are there. Right? But I always wish for that. Like I'll just be in your house without you knowing I'm in your house. Then I'll be there. Then I'll see how you are dealing with your spouse, you are dealing with your children. Be at your workplace, right? Without you knowing that I'm there. But if you know that I'm there, it's different. Hey, pastor! Some of you quickly, there's this guy that used to come here. Ah, anytime I'm with him and then his friends come around, his friends that I don't know, come on. Hey, he quickly, oh, my pastor knew. My pastor knew. So one day I told him, look, why are you so eager to introduce me to your friends that your pastor knew? Is it that if you don't quickly tell they may say certain things that show you the kind of life you live, right? So you don't want to show you quickly because he was too He said, oh no, pastor, but by the time we finish, it was like that. Like, when we finished, it was, that's the reason. You quickly introduce me, so I, maybe I woke up profane in Sendu or Honma, they won't say, because they say, the pastor knew, you get it. Hallelujah. Because at times I'm curious what you do on your own. Not what you do when I'm there. And that's it. If you are shepherding people, when you are there, you should be there to tell them the word of God, right? Teach them a few things, but let them go on their own to try it out. Let them know that they can return, right? If they don't understand something, so for you to explain. And then when they do return and you know the answer, wisdom will teach you that this answer, if you even say now, they will not understand. So you have to wait. For them to gain some mileage first before you can uh, bring in that wisdom. That's how you teach people. Hallelujah. And that's how then you also on your own, you also on your own, you become geniuses. Not that you are a zombie for someone. You are the puppet and then someone has to manipulate you. Someone has to tell you what to say. But you also, through your connection with God, can begin to generate things to, to deal with life. And that means that you have become a light for God. And that's the thing. That's what God wants. Hallelujah. So even when you are being shepherded, you are supposed to have that zeal that you will not give up. You are going to keep pushing. Don't let your shepherd give you everything. Hallelujah. One day, I decided to give some special books of mine to the elders. Right? I gave you all the books, right? As to what you do with it, you know, is it my case? No, it's not my case. Is that here? The problem will be when I say, okay, then we are going to go through it, page one, page two, page three, right? Then I share with you my understanding of it. What about your own understanding when you read it? Is my understanding the only understanding that is there? Am I not also a unique vessel? Are you not a unique vessel that when you see, you can also pick something? Isn't that the case? Yeah, so you to read it. What do you think? You don't have time. No. You must have time. So we don't give up. We keep pushing. And if you are being shepherded well, then even with a shepherd, you still not know the terrain in advance. Even with a shepherd. So shepherds, look at Don't let them know the terrain in advance. Like, you, they tell you everywhere you go, you meet A, you meet B. A. What about the shock of having to meet A? You won't have that. Meanwhile, that's necessary for your growth. So they tell you everything. What do you think? So even when you see something wrong with your sheep, you want to call them and tell them that this is wrong with you. Some of you, I saw things wrong with you. I even didn't tell you. It was five years later that you, that you changed on your own. 
What do you think? And now it's too, it's, ah, what? Wasted years. No, that's proper. That's why you, you think you are something now, right? Hallelujah. I tell you that when we are, when we are with you, eh, and we don't point out your wrongs, it doesn't mean that there is no wrong with you. Huh? It doesn't, like for example, I mean, I hype certain people, and you begin to think that everything they do, you must follow, right? No. That's not how it is. You must also open your own eyes. Even me, I don't think everything I do, you must follow. Why would you want to follow everything? That burden is too much. If I'm going to hell, I should go alone. Hallelujah. If you must follow every step and I falter, how many people falter with me? But there is the word of God that I teach you, right? That one is there. So the word of God I teach you, if you see that I'm living according to the word of God, follow what I'm doing, then it will not be that you are following me. You are following the word of God. If you, in your understanding of the word of God, see that it is not the word of God that I'm following, don't follow me. It's not by force. I will even be glad you don't. And I'll even be glad you think what I'm doing is not the word of God when I know it's the word of God. And it's because you think it's not the word of God because of your low understanding. I'll be glad with that because it means that you have a great chance of being a correct person in the future. It means all that you need to do is to now understand the word of God properly. But the basic thing of trying to not live your life for anybody and to know God for yourself, it must be there. And now I see that it's there, you see. So now even I'll wait for you. So if you, I do things and I know you don't think that is the right thing, I'll wait for you. Then later you say, hey, oh, okay, it's fine. But if I do it, you just do some. I do it, you just do some. You don't even know what it is. Then we are in trouble. We are not going anywhere. Well, then that's not the real you. When you are there on your own, the real you comes up. Hallelujah. And there are many things that even me, the way I thought we would get success, I later realized that we won't get the success that way. You know, because one of us did it in a different way. Then we got the success. So, okay, okay, this is how we get the success in this. Then we we'll move in that direction. Imagine all of you are being micromanaged. It means that if 10 of us are micromanaging all of you, our capacity is the strength of the 10 people. The rest of you, you don't present anything. But if you are not being micromanaged, you are allowed to go on your way. Some of you, some of you are choosing beloveds now, right? And you are getting it wrong. Right? We tell you one, two. We say, no, that's what we want to do. We'll let you do it. Right? We'll be there to bless the marriage. Right? What's the worst that can happen? You have a bad marriage. Right? But that's not anything. That's not anything. That's not anything. It's not anything. Or me, I'm strange. It's not anything. Look, if even you have a bad marriage, your soul can still be strong. You can learn suffering. Like, if you lose your soul, we have a problem. Yes, and if you lose your, if you have a bad marriage, how long? Fifty years, maximum, you'll be done with this bad marriage. If you are blessed and your spouse dies early, <laughs> you see. So at times you think that, hey, stop the person now, stop the person now. No, we do, we weigh, we weigh eternity, your service to God. The way you live for God, even after you die, from eternity to eternity. We must factor that into what we are coming to say. So if we concern it's just 40 years, 50 years of suffering, is it anything? Than to rather be on you to force you to take steps. And when people are forced in certain things, it spirals into something very bad. Eventually they become offended, they walk away from God, plenty of things. So we'll let you take your step. Then when we finish, 
You're suffering, right? Yeah. I remember when Pastor Brian used to suffer. You see, in his previous marriage. You come and tell me, what will we do? Now tell you what he must go and do to suffer more, right? Then you come later, what he must do to suffer more. What will, that's, that's what, and it, it helps shape you, right? Yeah. So now when you got a chance to choose again, you are wise, right? Yes. Some of you will not get a chance to choose again because your spouse will not leave you. <laughs> so you stay together. So when you come to tell them, suffer. They say, hey, hey. <laughs> My spouse didn't do A and B. said, no, if they don't do A and B, still do B and C. Say, hey. You see, that's it, right? So even if you get a bad marriage, you can still do right in the marriage. If you marry the devil himself, you can still develop. Gain all the things that marriage was supposed to offer you, except the bliss. Because with the bliss, it has to be reciprocal. <laughs> you see, so the marital bliss is not, you won't get it, but it's not anything. Because if you don't get the bliss here, you'll be fine. Heaven is there waiting for you. Do you see? But the other things you can get, if you marry a monster, except they will kill you, won't come and take you out. If they will kill you, I will drive to the house and pick you, right? But if the monster is just normal monster, right? No. <laughs> so, you stay. Do you see? So if we consider it, we'll let yourself, you are going to make a big mistake. Like I tell, I'm talking to Mamadi, I tell her that, I feel like even yesterday, was it yesterday? A mistake that I think somebody is going to make. Yes. And I was so sad. But you would think that the next step is to step in and stop the mistake, right? No. No. At the time of the mistake, except the person is open. You can't stop it. Hallelujah. Except the person is open. And you see, if we consider everything, the person themselves too, except probably they make the mistake, they are too strong. You see, so except they make the mistake, they will not even begin to consider that they are weak. So you have to leave them, even for the person who is at times you have to make the mistake. And it's part of shepherding. Hallelujah. It's part of shepherding. Some of you, it's your third relationship that will work. Right? Your first one will tell, oh, this thing is not good. You say, oh, it's good. And uh, I even prayed about it and the Lord spoke to me. So, okay. Right? But we know that the Lord didn't speak to you. But if the Lord didn't speak to you, it means then the next time, if the Lord speaks to you, we must sign under it. If we don't sign under it, it means the Lord didn't speak. Now, that's a problem. So we'll not go that way. We have to let you be because anytime the Lord speaks to a human being, they themselves must believe that the Lord speaks to them. They don't need an approval from anybody. Even though now we know you don't qualify to have that approval or to generate that approval yourself, we have to let you be. So that for the future, when you learn to know when the Lord speaks to you and you still have the confidence to keep what the Lord has spoken to you. So at times, even when you have failed in what the Lord, you thought the Lord spoke to you and you were wrong, we have to quickly come and talk to you Right, so that you will not lose your confidence in the Lord speaking to you. So at times when we come, that's the aim. The aim is not that we tell the see you were wrong. No, the aim is that this wrong, the enemy will enter, right, and convince you that you can't believe that the Lord speaks to you again from today, right. So we have to do that damage control so that you'll be strong. When you are so, you feel okay, then you then you go and make the next mistake, right? Then you wake up again. They will correct another thing. Then the third one, sir, when you choose it to be correct. Hallelujah. Please understand that. That's how you should shepherd people. Hmm. And I won't be mighty. I mean, I'm counting on all of us being mighty men and women. Hallelujah. I mean, that's what I see when I look at you people. Not 
I need to call pastor to check. I need to call pastor to check. Please, if you need to call me to check something, call me. Like, leave the rest to me. You are not the one shepherding you. So you come and say, hey, pastor even says, so maybe as I'm calling him, it's one of those things that pastor doesn't want me to call him about. No, if you feel like you should call your shepherd, call your shepherd, right? It is your shepherd's responsibility to know how they must lead you, not you, your responsibility. Does that make sense to you? Before the enemy enters and says, pastor doesn't even want you to call him again. You understand that? Yeah, it's not your responsibility. It's my responsibility. Hallelujah. So we can develop properly. We can learn not to give up. Some of us are protecting people, even our own children. That if we don't take care, that's what we'll do. We'll protect them. Right? But you have to prepare. So if you have girls, right? They'll come home and say, hey, 14, 15, in the norm. Boys, hey, 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 hey. So you have to prepare. You have to prepare for these things. Before you go and my little One surprise when I was uh, in the university second year was when I found out that a friend of mine, when he was coming to school, his mother gave him a box of condoms. I should, should bring to school. And I was like, hey. Yeah, but I thought about it, will I be able to do it? Like, well, no, it depends. Because if I suspect that my child is sexually active, and the option to talk them out of it is not there, right? What will we do? You supply a box of condoms. <laughs> you said the Lord, <laughs> you'll be aiding and abetting. No. That is help on a certain level. Those that supply condoms to prostitutes and things, are they doing evil things? No. It's just that you have also now, you have to now lower yourself to that level of good. Even though there are higher goods you could do for the person, the person is unable to receive it. So you have to do the lower one. Save the person's life for now. No strange decision for the person to make, right? Just use the condom. Maybe one day. Hallelujah. So we must not give up. That's what brought us here. We must not give up. We must keep pushing. We must keep pushing. When we try, say, hey, we didn't get that result. Yes. And you, the shepherd, don't eliminate that thing from the person's life. Hallelujah. Because when I see you, I know you've been to places and come back. By the time you even go out, you appear in church, right? And I know that you've been, you've been to places. Or at the time you are even sitting in church, I know you are in places. Do you see? So I should call you all and tell you where you've been. Yeah. Do you see? We'll leave you. Right? You come out of it. Gradually. You know that at that, what will make the person come out of it, right? You don't even know. But you think you have information. So all that you need to do is to give the information. Hmm. Like big man like this, the day that I'll know what to tell him, then I'll tell him. Like, but now I don't know. So I'll be observing you, praying for you. Then you'll be fine, right? Yeah. Yeah, not, not that you've passed anywhere. No, you've not gone anywhere. If you are married and they say you pass somewhere, it's like, hey, no. But I know that it's not totally fine. You see, I'm wrong. I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong, honestly. You see, so something like this, you, you see, no, no, you have to be careful. Do you see? Because <laughs> you yourself, you yourself, use your own self as an example. You find that it's not anything that can pull you out of your trouble. Have you entered some trouble that 
all the word in the word. They say, listen to the messages. Right? You tend on it, you listen. Ah, you are still in your troubles. Yeah. So it's not like listen to a message, then you are out of it. The trouble can be said that <laughs> you need to know that all these words, which one is God really telling you specifically? Yes, yes, yes. So sometimes you want to know where the enemy has faced you to know. You just want to be sure that this one is God telling you directly to your kids. Well, the rest seem general. So, at times you can even be there uh, and then something will care to you. And then that's what makes you fun. Then you move on. Hallelujah. Yeah. So you don't give up. Amen. You keep pushing. See, we are striving for mastery, right? That's what we are doing. Even if you push, 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 and say, hey, you have hit a roadblock. This is still what we are doing. If you come with a strong desire for any service and you get some, but you are disappointed in some, you keep pushing. The one that you are disappointed in, you keep pushing. There are things that you need to do. God will teach you. You will learn. I tell you, even think you have learned. Huh. Recently, I was trying to do something and I heard him that the Lord said I shouldn't do it. Hey! Then I did it. Actually, I was going to pray for someone. And then the Lord said, I shouldn't pray for them in the way that I was going to pray. You see. Then I say, Oh, but me now, I felt my heart that. See, I tell you, you can feel like you are just so anointed, right? So cap, cap, let me just join us. You just want to. I heard it was from that feeling. You know what happened? When I was praying for them, the enemy spoke to me. Right? You know how long it took me to get that thing out? One week. Yeah. When I did that, the enemy spoke to me. In that thing, I felt something. And the enemy spoke to me as though it was God. Do you get it? Yeah. You see. But you want to get everything correct. But I see this thing that I've suffered one week to get out of, right? But I also came with knowledge. Knowledge that I've even told you, you even know. It's just information I've given you. But I mean, the way I know this thing, you understand? So is it good or is it bad? You that you want to make your sheep go through a perfect path. Is it good? Or you that you want your Christian life to be straight. You don't want to get anything wrong. Is it good or is it bad? We don't even know. Because the first thing I should have obeyed, right? But I didn't obey too. We are not even sure. If then next time I shouldn't obey, right? Because there's something good has come out of it, right? Yeah. It's like, it was a new thing for me. It was like, oh, wow. So then he set a trap for me, right? Yeah. Amen. So if you also fall into the trap, you can get out of it, except the trap is a marriage. Yeah. Any trap you can get out of, except it's a marriage. That one, you don't know. What will you do? Hallelujah. So that's how the Christian life is. So we are pushing. In this push, there's class one people, there's class two people, there's class three, class four, class five, classes, SHS, university, then there are graduates, yet professors. We are all trying to push. Do you understand that? Yeah. The key thing with all of us is that we don't give up. We don't lose hope and say that it is not possible. You have to keep believing, keep pushing, keep trying. The one that is in university when it was also once in class one, right? And they battled with class one things. Of course, they can give you suggestions, but that will not eliminate your own experience. 
it will not remove from the picture your having to also go through your own experiences. Because if you have no experience, what do you have to say? It's like in a SHS one could. What I say? The abanas ya KSHS in semwa ubede. And I say ko boarding house u kode. Nti ya poa na ukofi. What I say? But boarding house in sem ede. So what will you do? You say you need your own experiences. Somebody appeared in my dream and told me that hey, um, I'm going to do this for you. And I woke up and I knew it was the devil talking to me, right? So if you say, hey, hey, I don't want the devil to speak to you. But if you don't want the devil to speak to you, how will you know the voice of the devil? Or you don't wish to know. That's the thing. You can't swerve these things. You have to chart your own course. That's when when you stand there, you are powerful. You understand that? I mean, those are the people I like to hear. Like the pastors, I tell them, when I give you a chance to come and preach, don't come and preach like me, please. That's what I do. Right? So what's the use of coming to preach like me when I'm there? And then why did I make you preach? Do you understand? So you preach like yourself. Of course, the message fundamentally is the same, but how it comes out of you is according to how you have gone through with the same word. So if you have not been battling with the word of God, you have no message. You have nothing to say. You have no testimony. You have no experience to share. Huh? So what are you then? Hallelujah. All I know is to be able to retain information and give it out. You are useless that way. Except the person you are speaking to is already blessed. You cannot bless anyone. So as long as you can preach to people who are already blessed. In other words, they are already spiritual people. So even if you say things, just because it's good information, it blesses them. But to speak to people who are in bondage and in trouble, you have to have your own experience of the word that you are preaching. And it has to be for you, you. You yourself. What's your own experience? What do you know? Aside what you've been told, what do you know? Right? What do you know? Aside the fact that you can retain information, what do you know yourself? A dear partner, where have you passed before with the word of God? That's often when you sit there and describe how bad you've been, right? Maybe you wish you were never bad, but right? be careful. Yes, you shouldn't be bad, but it's there, right? It doesn't make you less of a person. But imagine you can climb out of this hole. Wow. You have something to say, right? You have a word to give to somebody who is in a similar hole, right? Yeah. So at time we are not sure if it was good we suffered the trouble we suffered or it wasn't good. Because it, it has a way of it shaping us. Hallelujah. I can't make my experiences your experiences. Right? Where I passed, you didn't pass there. Hallelujah. It didn't pass there. So you to pass where you are passing with the word of God. With the word of God. Apply the word of God to yourself. That's your responsibility. So what you gain out of it, it will be yours. It will be your experience with God. Not my experience you are trying to tell somebody. Not your leader's experience you are trying to tell somebody. Your own experience. That means you have to decide that you won't give up. You push through this thing. Some of you, Christianity hasn't made sense to you yet. I was telling some people that, look, the fact that I'm a Christian is not like, oh, there's Christianity. No. My mother. No. Uh, well, Jesus resurrected. Please. You can't bring a book and tell me that Jesus is the resurrected. I don't understand that because I know there is a Lord here. Right? Not because they say we must know him here. No. No. I know. In his ability to transform a life. It's not your life. It's not your story I tell. It's my own story. That's how I know Jesus is alive. 
oh, they carried him and buried him. So I don't understand that. I wasn't there, right? But I know he's alive because he's able to change me, right? What's your own testimony of Jesus? Your own testimony of his spirit at work in us. How do you know that? Except you also relentlessly push to have that experience. And that it, it will be a myth. We have to keep telling you our stories for you to have something to say about your own God. And it's because the enemy convinces you to give up. Don't give up. Keep pushing. Oh, there's a place in the spirit, I tell you. There's a place in the spirit. Hallelujah. Yeah, there's a place in the spirit. You can sense things in the spirit. You can pick things in the spirit. But recently, I thought the Lord told me about something and I discovered it wasn't true. So, do you understand that? Yeah. Recently, just this past, not the one, this one, no, a different one too, right? But I can tell you the many other things that he told me that were true. So I have to sort out this one. What was going on? How come I thought it was true? And I'll sort it out and then become better. You think that would end that? So from here onwards, everything will be 100% right. Then you find that another time that it's not like that. But you keep pushing. Hallelujah. You keep pushing. Please, I want all of us to stand on our own, to stand. Not separate from everybody, but to be something for the Lord on your own. To be a beacon for the Lord on your own. And except you take your own journey seriously, that thing will not happen. Our aim is not to gather you here. You are so much as a person. And it must come. Because actually today's message was what we will contribute. I was going to share with you about the body. right? But I feel like this one must go first. Because if what you give, if you can work on this, your own spiritual path, imagine. Imagine, right? Right, like for instance, I mean, what I'm able to do for you, it blesses you, right? But imagine, imagine all of us could do things like this. Not exactly like what I'm doing, but understand things, at least even my own level, it's, it's not much, right? And there's still more. There's so much more. But my case, let's even all of us understand things in this way. That's all. Imagine that on your own, you spit fire. And it's not because I put fire in your mouth which will last you three days. It's because there's that generation of the fire in your own heart because you know how to have an encounter with God on your own. You know how to meet God on your own. You know how to deal with God on your own. Imagine that that is the case for you. Imagine the commotion we will cause. Imagine. Imagine. Hallelujah. Imagine all of us. And that's how I count the church what we can individually give if we are on fire. And I don't want one type of fire, right? Unique fire. Everybody's unique fire. And it means then that you have been allowed to develop. Let me show you something. Have you noticed that all the people that I directly shepherded, like some of the pastors I directly shepherded, some of you leaders I do. None of you are like me. No, you check. There's no one that even speaks like me. No, you check. You check. Now, that is how to properly shepherd somebody. No, you check. If you can find someone like that, you can point the person out. Nobody. 
this guy is close to the way I operate right now. That too. But even he is different. He's different. And I'm trying to you understand? push him in that direction. Push him. He said, he said the Lord showed him that he has been breaking my heart. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when he told me, I also gave him somewhat of a flat response. Right? Because I let him see that my heart was really broken. He may fall into a trap that his responsibility is not to break my heart. And we are, we are in trouble now. Right? Yeah. We have to be like, oh, just follow the Lord. Like, you understand? Yeah. Everybody can be sad. Ah. We can be great things. But some of us are just, I don't know. And we like to not be anything. And to be rather controlled. So far, we seek the security of the company of spiritual people. Somehow we think that that makes us secure, right? Without we trying on our own to walk our own spiritual path. It doesn't make you secure. We are losing something. We are losing something because you are not trying to become anything. I pray that the Lord will help us. In Jesus' name.